When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Where is he? The young woman asked again. Where's my brother? I want to see my brother. This time, her words carried little force. She'd drained her energy in the hour since she'd been in the containment cell. Drained it by screaming and banging on the walls and crying. I couldn't blame her. I waited for a moment before I spoke through the intercom from the observation room. Miss Sylvan, I need you to answer my questions, please. The more I know about what happened, the better I can help you and your brother. What do you mean, what happened? She screamed, standing up from the small bed in the containment room. The only thing that happened is you people showed up out of nowhere and kidnapped us in the middle of the damn night. That's what happened. Miss Sylvan, I said, keeping a patient tone in my voice. I need to know about the 48 hours leading up to that. I need to know about where you and your brother went and, more specifically, what you ate during the time frame. This is extremely important, Miss Sylvan. Please, think. Miss Sylvan, first name Tara, aged 23, sat back down on the twin bed and sobbed into her hands. So far, she wasn't showing any signs of infection, which was good, but I needed more information. Unfortunately, she wasn't ready to answer my questions. I'll be back to check on you shortly, Miss Sylvan, I said through the intercom. I gathered my clipboard and checked to make sure the camera and sound were recording what happened in the containment room. Then I left the observation room. I walked down the concrete hallway to the next doorway in line and stepped in. The observation room, equipment, and setup were identical to the room I'd just left. The only difference was the person held in the containment room, Daniel Sylvan, aged 27. One look at him through the reinforced glass observation window told me that he'd gotten worse in the few minutes I'd been gone. Mr. Sylvan was curled on the small bed in the corner of the room, clutching his slightly swollen stomach. Mr. Sylvan, I asked, can you please tell me every meal you ate in the last two days? He lifted his head to look at me through the window, his bloodshot eyes full of pain. Well, Dr. Smith, he said, then paused. I bet that's not even your real name, is it? You couldn't come up with something a little more creative than Smith? I bet you're not even a doctor. I know you're not trying to help me. Whatever is happening to me, you did it. I know you did. It didn't start until after you came and abducted me and brought me here. Wherever the hell this... He stopped mid-sentence and spasmed, crying out as he wrapped his arms tight around his midsection. What the hell have you done to me? He cried out. What is this thing inside me? Mr. Sylvan, please, I said. I need to know what you ate in the last 48 hours. This is extremely important. It can help us keep what's affecting you from happening to other people. 
Just get this thing out of me! He yelled. It's growing! I can feel it growing! I stepped away from the intercom in the window and unclipped the small radio from my belt. I brought it to my lips and pressed the transmit button. Do you have the medication ready? I asked. Copy. Ready when you are, sir. Came the slightly static reply. Okay, give it to him. A few seconds passed before the door leading into the containment room opened. From inside the cell, it didn't look like a door at all. It looked like part of the wall. I could barely see the seams in the wall until the door opened. Three men in full hazmat suits stepped in, one of which held two syringes in his left hand. The other two stepped over to Daniel Sylvan, just as the young man noticed them. Daniel put up a brief fight before the two personnel held him down on the bed. No, please don't do this, he said as the third man approached him, taking the protective cap off of one of the syringes. Mr. Sylvan, these drugs may help neutralize the invasive organism in your body, I said over the intercom. Please, let these men work. We're trying to help you. Daniel ignored me, focusing instead on trying to free himself from the grip of the two men. In his weakened state, it was a losing battle. Once the first needle went into his arm, he closed his eyes and laid back, making small, fearful noises. Two minutes later, Daniel Sylvan was alone in the room once again. I said a silent prayer for the young man, hoping that the drugs would work to eliminate SCP-1003 from his system. One of the syringes held a cocktail of my own devising, which was meant to kill the organism. The other was a simple sedative. I needed answers, and I wasn't going to get them until he was calm. I glanced down at my watch and made a mental note of the time. Then I grabbed my clipboard and stepped out of the room and back into Tara Sylvan's observation room. She was just as I had left her, sobbing into her hands as she sat on the bed. I pressed the intercom and cleared my throat. <clears throat> Miss Sylvan, please. I need your help to keep others safe. You were with your brother for most of the last 48 hours. You've told me that much already. It's a great start, but I need more details. I need to know what you and your brother ate. She still wasn't showing any signs of infection, but my limited experience with SCP-1003 told me to remain cautious. Tara raised her head from her hands to reveal a face swollen from crying. Fine, she said. It's not like I have much of a choice. You can keep me here forever if you want. I said nothing, waiting for her to continue. On Monday, I had a fruit smoothie, she said. I think Dan had eggs and bacon. He usually eats eggs and bacon for breakfast. I brought my clipboard up and began taking notes. I came home for lunch and had a salad. And since Dan lost his job last month, he was already home. But he'd already eaten, I think. He was watching television. I don't know what he had for lunch that day. Please, Miss Sylvan, think. Did you see a plate with any remnants on it? A fast food bag? Any food packages sitting on the counter? I don't know! Tara screamed. I can't remember. It's okay. Just take a moment to think about it. It's okay if you can't remember. She sat there in the cell, staring at the floor. I waited. I remember there was a plate on the coffee table, she said after several long moments. There was a bread crust on it, I think. Yeah, I remember seeing that the loaf of bread was still on the kitchen counter. It was a sandwich. Dan made himself a sandwich for lunch. Good, I said, trying to encourage her, but it wasn't good. We'd already tested all the food in their house, finding no evidence of SCP-1003. I decided to change tactics. Did you two eat out during the last two days? At a restaurant, maybe at a friend's house? 
Tara's head came up, her eyes wide. Yes, she said. We had dinner at a friend's house, one of Dan's friends. They had smoked beef ribs. They? Did you not eat any of the ribs? No, Tara said. I'm a vegetarian. I had potato salad, corn on the cob, and a side salad. Very good. Was that the only time you ate out during the last two days? It was for me, she said. I'm not sure about Dan. We weren't together the entire time. He could have gone out and eaten some fast food for all I know. That's fine. This is very helpful. Now, what are the names of the people that were at that dinner? Dan's friend is Jeremiah. His wife's name is Daisy. Franklin, that's their last name, Franklin. There was another couple there too. A couple I'd never met before. Bobby and Patricia. I don't know their last names. I don't think they're married, but I don't know. This is great. Thank you. You may have just saved their lives, Miss Sylvan. Thank you. Now can I see my brother? She asked. Not yet, I said. It's for your protection. I'll let you know. I stepped quickly away from the intercom and unclipped my radio. Peters, you there? Copy. What's up, boss? I need you to locate a Jeremiah and Daisy Franklin and bring them here immediately. Take another team and find out about a Bobby and Patricia that were at their dinner party yesterday and locate them too. They all need to be quarantined here. You have my authorization to take whatever you need. I'll make sure they know about it upstairs. Copy that, on the move. I changed channels on the radio and spoke into it once again. Director? I asked. Yes, Smith. The director's gruff voice came back. I could hear a note of irritation there. It was never a good thing when you had to use the director's emergency channel. It was always bad news. I think I found the source of the SCP-1003 infection, sir. Well, that's good, Smith. However, I sense there's a butt coming. Get on with it, doctor. I'm reasonably certain it came from contaminated meat, beef ribs to be exact. I have a team heading out now to find others who were exposed to the contaminated meat, but I have no idea how much other meat has been affected. Damn it, this is going to be a shit show. Do you know how hard it is to recall contaminated meat? Something like only 30% ever gets returned. That's 70% that people still consume. Yes, sir, I said, unsure what the director was getting at. Let me ask you this once, Smith, and listen carefully to the words I'm about to say. Do not editorialize. I want to hear from the doctor, not the man. Got it? Uh, yes, sir. What is the worst case scenario if we let this play out? Sir, I don't think you understand what SCP-1003 does. It's... Just answer the damn question, Smith. The director snapped. Yes, sir, I said, taking a deep breath before continuing. From what little I know, there's a 25% gestation rate, but it really comes down to how much contaminated meat there is. I'd say the worst case scenario if we do nothing, and this is just a guess, sir. I'd say we're looking at thousands of deaths and a cover-up ranging into the billions of dollars. There was silence over the radio for several long moments. Then the director sighed. I'd better get on the phone with the agencies, he said and clicked off. I stepped out of the room and back into Dan's observation room, clipping the radio back to my belt as I went. I stepped up to the observation window and looked inside at Dan. A single word escaped my mouth when I saw him. No. His belly was severely swollen. As I watched, it got even bigger. Something under his skin was shifting and growing. 
It didn't have the smooth look of a pregnant woman's belly in the third trimester. Instead, there were small and large bumps under the skin that were constantly moving. Daniel had his hands on either side of his swollen belly. Tears streamed down his face as he looked down at it. His mouth was stuck in a pained sneer, his teeth clamped together. He looked at me through the window. It's eating me, he said, sobbing. I can feel it eating me. Make it stop. Oh, God, I said. The medicine hadn't worked. If anything, it had sped the process along. Make it stop, Dan screamed. He shouted out in pain as the thing inside him stretched outward, stressing the skin, holding it in. I watched in terror as small cracks formed in his skin. They didn't bleed at first, but that didn't last long. I could hear the sound of skin tearing as the cracks turned to fissures that spewed blood as they spread out along his belly. Dan screamed, a high-pitched noise full of pain, his mouth wide open and catching bouts of blood that sprayed from his ruptured skin in all directions. A small humanoid head emerged, coated in gore from a large tear in Dan's belly. As the head turned, I could see that it looked like a toddler's head, complete with large eyes, a nose, ears, and a mouth. But crowding the mouth was a set of vicious-looking teeth, not at all like a human's. The figure squirmed, pushing to get out of Dan's abdomen, causing the large tear to expand as Dan continued to scream. The child monster emerged from his body. The figure freed its shoulders and hands and then turned to crawl up Dan's chest. Daniel Sylvan, now pale and clearly on the verge of passing out, raised his hands to fend off the creature. The child creature opened its mouth wide and clamped down on the middle and index fingers of Dan's right hand, severing them with a wet cracking sound. Dan passed out and I stood watching through the observation window, transfixed as the creature used its teeth to methodically devour Daniel Sylvan's body, bones and all. By the time it was done, it no longer looked like a toddler. It was the size of a teenager and it had all the features of a male human. It sat on the bed, surrounded by the few remaining bloody remnants of Daniel Sylvan, staring at the wall and swinging its legs. It took a step back from the observation room window where I had been standing frozen for the entire gory process. The creature turned and looked at me. It smiled slightly, the movement causing the drying blood on its face to crack. Hello, the creature said in a child's voice. What's your name? I stumbled back, groping for the door. God help us, I muttered, my mind reeling at the possibility of thousands of pounds of contaminated meat sitting in grocery stores around the country. God help us all. SCP-1003 is an adult tapeworm known for causing hydatid disease. Like others of its species, SCP-1003 inhabits the small intestines of carnivores where it produces eggs that are passed in the host's feces. When the eggs enter the gastrointestinal tract of a human subject via consumption of contaminated food, they hatch into larvae, which burrow into the host's tissues. SCP-1003's development mostly follows the pattern of normal human prenatal development, but at a faster rate. It will then actively consume the intermediate host from within using sharp, hooked teeth. Its growth is accelerated to an even greater extent as it is doing this. By the time it has fully consumed the intermediate host, it will have developed into a child. When the consumption is done, it will be functionally indistinguishable from a human in every respect, with no knowledge or memory of having been a parasite. It will even possess learned skills, like language, that would be expected of a child its apparent age, despite there being no way it could have learned them 